mean, I was going to open up on like a, a typical stupid bit, but I want to talk about the fact that we just saw a giant ass fucking yeah, rat in my yeah. back garden. We're not going to open up the classic. So then I was. What does <laughs> I always do? say? Let me, let me set the record straight. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that rat is my ex girlfriend. But <laughs> I've got that sober. I don't think there's that many podcasts where I say that. There's a giant rat. There is a huge rat in my backyard. I literally, (laughs) less than a minute before we start recording this, huge rat. I was panicking. I was like, should we do something? I don't think there's anything I really can do. I don't think there's a point in alerting my landlord. It's like a baked potato. Oh my god, it's massive. This guy is probably eating humans. Like, it's so big. (laughs) Fucking jumped out of my fucking seat, the side of him. Uh, yeah. Ginormous. Huge. It's it's frobbing. <laughs> it's things like that that make you happy that someday you won't be alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just it off on a really brutal, <laughs> um, on a really dull note. Anyway, guys, so, welcome yeah, to. Let's, uh... Let's start the podcast. Let's jump on into it. Welcome to Dylan and Sebastian of a Simpsons podcast. The podcast myself and Sebastian here do because doing a podcast is so easy. You don't even need to technically, you don't even technically need to know how to read to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like in London, you there's someone doing a podcast every like 10 meters. I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, nowadays, yeah. There is probably at least 10 people in London, not in England, in London, doing a podcast at there's, all hours of the day. There's a new brew dog in yeah. Waterloo. Yeah. And they have a booth in the brew dog that you can do a podcast in. Oh, wow. That's insane. Is that not just the most brew dog thing you've ever heard of? <laughs> that's the most, like... Maybe we should do it for The Simpsons. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, we have to have the brew dogs <coughs> while doing it. If they, if they sponsor us. That is the most, like, modern-day England thing I've ever heard. You can go to a bar and have a beer while doing your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I do kind of love it, though. It's definitely super expensive, though. It's like seven quid a pint. And I meant... To... <laughs> that, too, I'm sure. <laughs> I meant the podcast studio. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I was about to rent out the podcast space. Yeah, yeah, of course. Probably, like, 20 pounds an hour or something like that. Maybe it has, like, video and stuff, too. That'd be kind of cool. But that is very bizarre. You can do a podcast while having your brew dog. What is even the deal with those pubs? Are they nice? Like, they look so commercial. It's a pub just for one beer. Well, no, they have multiple. I know they have other, uh, as in like for one company. company like yeah. it's a company they do owned well. I mean, pub franchise. This is the thing. I'd, I'd probably try it. I've never actually been in a Brewdog. No, I me mean, neither. Um, but I it's don't mind nice some of their beers. Really? Yeah. I'm, maybe the other stuff is nice. I, I don't like the I used Brewdog. to hate them, but now yeah. I've gotten in more into IPAs. I'm like, I'm just get used to it, I guess. Yeah, it's very dark. Yeah, I guess you get used to it. Um, but anyhow, jump into the episode. <laughs> We're all over the place so far. Today we're reviewing Pretty Whittle Liar, season 33, episode 16, and yeah, let's just jump into it. So, you can get a couch kick in this one right before the episode starts, it's just, uh, it's like a sliding puzzle piece and Barney's playing it, you can hear from the voice, and it's just of the family on the couch, he eventually gets it together, then Homer burps and just goes back to the regular sliding puzzle piece. that, that, that brought me back when I was a kid. I used to have loads of these things. I never liked them, but they don't, they'd always come with, like, lucky bags and stuff I like never, that. They always stressed me out. I never played the real ones, but I remember I had a game on my iPhone, my iPod Touch at yeah. the time when I was, like, 12. Oh, okay. That, that was also a sliding puzzle piece. That, is, that, that was peak peak age having an iPod Touch, wasn't it? Like, like 11, 12, like, right on the cusp of having an iPhone in the middle because they, they, they don't want you to be able to contact people just yet. So here's an iPod Touch. <laughs> yeah. And um, that app with the beer. The app with, with the beer. Oh my app. God. They're like they first advertised iPhones. It's like, you have that app and you pour it. <laughs> you the drink the beer. I thought it was incredible. And at the very end, they would go, ah, like you just drank. There's a Coca-Cola one as well, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, that was, there was like all these classic games that they launched the iPhone. That was cool at the time. Apple products, but yeah, like Talking Tom as well was an obsession. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's what I just said, but it's a squeaky voice. Yeah, he's copying me. <laughs> I was absolutely obsessed. But yeah, we jump into the episode. Homer is watching Million Dollar Listings. It's just a, a montage of houses for rent. Dr. Nick's giving away a house, but there's a huge termite problem. Snake's giving away a house, but it's just a cardboard cutout. And the sea captain's giving away a house, but it's just a boat stranded on land. <laughs> and in this 
reality TV show, they discover that Burns' house is the last million dollar home available in Springfield. Burns says that he'll never give it up as he hopes to have kids of his own someday. And then it's just like a little thopo pops up and it's him like making all these kids fight. And he's like, fight to the death for me. One weird little thing is he had a th- thought bubble before watching a reality TV show. So did he have that thought and it's in the show? It's, it seems so weird. Yeah, I don't really get that. Wasn't that really confusing? It was a funny little guy. It was yeah. really confusing. Yeah. <laughs> this is Homer. Come back to Homer watching the TV show and he's like, <laughs> Good old reality TV. Snappy editing, no content. They have like a reality TV moment. It's just a voice just goes, Homer! And text appears, reality TV junkie. And then Marge is walking towards him. It's just, Marge! And a grime uh, fighter just puts a coaster on Homer's beard and declines him from the sofa so he doesn't have like a smudge on the couch. And she says she's having a book club meeting tonight and wants Homer to go to Moe's. He's like, oh, you want me to go to Moe's? How drunk can I get? Stinking or falling down? And she's like, uh, how's about social? Like, no, I'm getting wedding drunk. And she like p- puts his coat on and sets him off. It's like, wedding cash bar drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Always the worst weddings. Oh, not like the people who, not against people who can't afford it, but it's like, <laughs> it's just, it means a lot when it's an open bar. It's like, that's a proper wedding. Why would I want to go to a wedding that's not a free bar? Yeah, exactly. That's the whole appeal. You like, just get to have this magical night where you can drink to your heart's content. Exactly. Like, I remember my cousin had a wedding recently. Yeah. And it wasn't a free bar. Mm-hmm. And I was really annoyed. But <laughs> there was so much alcohol that was free Floating that anyway. That sure, like champagne stuff. didn't matter. Right, right. So it's kind of like an open bar. It's like, the bar is there if you want it, but there is free drink floating, yeah. whack, floating around. Like, but that's like, okay. I couldn't get a beer. Right, like, right. There were beers at the bar, but like all the free drinks were like the wines and Proseccos. Yeah, something you wouldn't, I, like it wouldn't be my go-to, but like if that's free, but the beer isn't, I'm, I'm going to free one. Yeah, yeah I'm going to just get obliterated off champagne. Wedding, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, we could cut to marriage and her friends at the book club. Yeah, they discuss a Hemingway novel. Agnes says it uh, ruined her Saturday and the Italian ambulance driver's story was boring, boring, boring. Selma says that there wasn't enough smoking in it uh, for her liking. And Helen asks Brandine if she if she made it through the uh, audiobook. And then Brandine, very articulately, says, Brandine being pleased his wife, a bit more of an obscure character in case people who don't, don't know who that is. Uh, she says it was more than a love story and more than a war story with simple prose that were lean and sturdy. And everyone like looks at her just, like so blown away by how articulate she was. And she goes... Uh, uh, I, I mean, my eyes was uh, bewitchified by all them squiggles and squirms. She says she has to get home to the kids and the, the nannies. What's she doing at a book club in the first place? Yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> it's like, okay, they kind of cleared up a little bit by Helen being like, how did you find the audio book? But it's like, surely her being at a book club is already enough to suggest that she's doing yeah. more intellectual things. You know, she's actually write a Hemingway novel. Exactly, like, yeah, yeah. They're all so surprised. It's like, you're surely aware she read this book somehow. <laughs> you know, yeah, that was a very a weird way to find out. Like, they're all shook that she read at a book club. <laughs> she then goes home and she has a dollar uh, to a goat who was minding the kids obviously and then the goat eats the dollar and she's like you free Saturday? <laughs> we cut to the first church of Springfield and there's a sign just saying we give up um, showing Sunday NFL games now and we see Helen gossiping with two women and while that's happening you see that a, a football game is playing on a flat screen TV like where Reverend Lovejoy would usually be <laughs> she's uh, gossiping about Brandine secretly being smart and my favourite of all of this is he's like, Helen, what did I say about gossiping in the Lord's house? And he goes into a confession booth and he's like, oh my God, did you hear about Brandine? And he's seen a snake and he's like, well, it would be nice to hear something other than that. Let me go, I have a family. And we see these holding Chief Wickham hostage yeah. in the confession booth. And Chief Wickham's like, I tried, I tried to get on the ground, you're under arrest, but you wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> it's a great guy. It just kept getting more and more convoluted. Yeah. I love it. We then cut to the school. Lisa's giving a show and tell on the Matilda effect. Uh, but no one is paying attention, including Miss Hoover, who is doing a crossword. And she asks Lisa how many A's would get her to stop, and she says that she's willing to give away three. But Lisa says that you know th- this is important. All these hair. So the Matilda effect was like, and I'm not 
talking like I know what this is I learned from this episode the Matilda effect is like a bunch of female scientists who their credit got stolen by male scientists basically um, but she's saying that all these heroines were nonplussed in their feel of recognition and Hoover informs her that she's losing she's using that word incorrectly and uh, Lisa's like no it, it, it means perplexed and she Hoover googles it and she's like okay you were right as in I'm unplussed by the impotence of my student Oh, <laughs> how just, annoying is Lisa in this episode or just this little side story well I mean not even the whole side story but this little bit she's really annoying oh. yeah <laughs> and not even in a funny way she's just kind of yeah. irritating yeah Lisa's getting like so annoying at the moment <laughs> <laughs> well it's just in like her little bits they can tend to be a little bit more cringy it's, it's like when it's just her own story she shines yeah. but yeah like the little bit she had in the last episode was kind of cringy and need to be there this whole side story didn't need to be there, but we'll get into that soon. A great little line from Ralph. He just goes, When I grow up, I want to be a big word. And Hoover agrees to give her an A for aggravation. And Lisa's like, hmm, an A's an A. Which, yeah, it was kind of an, an annoying line. <laughs> and uh, we just see two students are like watching all this happening. And one passes a note to another just saying, she's one of us. We then cut to Cletus in like a fishing store. And uh, Agnes runs into him informing him that uh, his, his wife is secretly smart and Cletus is like don't tell me I don't know my wife that's like telling a man he's his gun ain't loaded he's supposed to find that out on his own when it's too late and she's like she, she, she really is smart Jeopardy smart and Cletus is like celebrity Jeopardy he's like, no regular Jeopardy and she shows him that uh, he, she left a library card at the book club and he's like he looks at the card and he's like there's two oars in the library <laughs> and then the man at the store like gives Cleese some bait and he's like uh, he's like here's your bait sir and Cleese's like keep your worms I had bigger fish to fry he like <laughs> throws the worms onto the floor he's like go and get <laughs> and the guy running the store is like what a senseless waste of worms he storms off crying Cleese then goes home and confronts Brandy in front of all the kids being like are you actually smart have all your yups secretly been yeses in the skies and Brandine's like, well, well, why no? Like the only R's I know were raccoons, Red Bull, and the Rhythm Method. She just like throws down moonshine, throwing her <coughs> face all the, her neck all the way up, so it just goes straight down her. I like, um, <laughs> I like that we're being exposed a bit more to like the hillbilly side of Springfield. Yeah, we're seeing like the shops they go to. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, they did cool. some good little details in this too. There's even a museum later on. I like that. They, have to get, they don't, they don't a pretty good job in like. Since I started reviewing this podcast, it's just kind of giving more to Cletus as a character. Like, there are two episodes before this. Um, Yokel Hero and... What was the other one? It's called The Incredible Lightness of... The Incredible Lightness of Being a Baby, something like that. But it's like Homer and Cletus become best friends that episode. It's like, those two episodes, and this one to less than an extent, if I'm honest. But it's still, 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 still a decent one. It's just seeing, getting to know Cletus in more of a three-dimensional way, rather than him just being just this... You know, the silly hillbilly who's stupid and he commits incest and stuff like yeah. that. They did a good job of giving him more to do, but not throwing away the weird quirks that make him interesting as a character. You know what I mean? But anyway, he goes to Brandine. I need to know, who is you? And she takes him aside away from the kids and tells him that she fell into reading when a tornado threw a lot of books um, near, their, near their home. And that she started going to the ballet and completed her training at the Springfield Museum. And Cleese is like, I'm beginning to think there's more layers to you than a skunk and tomato sandwich. And uh, he's like, remember our vows, love, honor, and never grow in any way. She decides to leave and says, says that she'll be back for most of the kids. But Cleus asks the kids to choose uh, who to, who they'd rather stay with and reminds them that with her, they'll have to wash their hands. And one of the kids is like, you mean like every week? <laughs> and uh, they stay with Cleus and Brandine storms off and Cleus goes, goodbye, Brandine. Or should I say, bon voyage. He's like, oh, look away, kids. You don't want to see your daddy cry. One of the kids is like, well, we've seen you cry, but we've never seen you yodel. He starts yodeling like really sad. Uh, Brandine then turns up at the Simpsons house saying that she's been uh, rejected by a man who thinks it's funny to light his farts. And Homer's like, well, you can do that? He runs into the dining room and you see like a fire blow out and Marge is like, Homer, no! He's like, oh, it wasn't me. He cut to Brandine like getting her bed ready and one of the guest rooms in the house Lisa offers her some books that she that she thinks she'd like and 
Brandine's like, you're a smart girl, Lisa, which means a laugh will be harder than a month old biscuits. <laughs> Lisa's like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we then cut to Marriage and Brandine at a supermarket, and Marriage asks Brandine what she sees in Cletus. Then Brandine asks her if she, if she doesn't realize that she could do so much better than Homer. And Marriage is like, people think I could do better than Homer? And the whole store is like, yes. <laughs> and we see someone at the store being like, reality check on aisle two. <laughs> a sign is saying fresh carrots and you're too good for him and Disco Shoe also like Disco Shoe says Ma should get a clue so he's back <laughs> he's back he's not dead I mean we kind of knew that Sirius Landers yeah. wasn't it was kind of like a tree as a horror and like it wasn't canon but uh Brandine tells of how she met Cletus and a nice little backstory here she says that they were seated together at her sister's shotgun wedding <laughs> and uh she's like the did you ever look at someone across a crowded pasture and your knees went all weak? Not from rickets or scurvy, but from sheer infatuation? Oh, I ransacked my brain for le mot juste, but all I could find was... Durr. Durr yourself. He sits beside her and they head off instantly. And uh, Cleese is like, you know, I'm pretty sure we're cousins. And Brittany's like, second or first? <laughs> Cleese says, cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Um, he, and cuts to like he's like mowing a field with Brandine beside him, and like this, this giant lawnmower or giant tractor, and uh, he's like showing off his like really slick moves on the wheels. And Brandine's like, "Cleus Buckler, do you take all your dates on this?" He's like, "Well, now if I did, wouldn't the field be trimmed?" No, this is just for you. And you see one guy going, "Hey, you're ruining my marijuana." <laughs> <laughs> she says that all her tough days of being the middle child of a family at 37 flew away as she knew the next shotgun wedding would be hers. <laughs> we didn't cut back to the school. Uh, Lisa is strolling through the corridor. Th those kids from earlier are like watching over her. And Shauna walks up to her with like the three other bullies saying, well, if it isn't Miss Google. And Lisa's like, this isn't fair. It's like her... Sean, a Kearney, Dolphin, Jimbo. And Lisa's like, this isn't fair. There's four times more of you. And Kearney's like, get her. She's making us learn things. And they, they, they go to punch her. Lisa flees immediately. They don't they don't even hit her. And they, they don't realize her ages. That was another thing that reminded me of the thing that we mentioned in the podcast recently of like, when Bart gets hurt, we don't care. But if Lisa does, it's like jarring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is weird. Because like, if they did like throw a single punch at Lisa, that would have been like way too much. But we've seen them beat up Barrett loads of times we don't care yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so weird like, I couldn't even tell you why that's a thing it's so strange but uh, Lisa flees and she runs into a magic room and they transport her from one side of the room to the next and she jumps out the window and we just see like a sword and half child like applauding all of this this, this was a cool little bit that was a great little yeah, sequence yeah really good animation <laughs> I love this the kid being sword and half just applauding <laughs> when, when half his body missing uh, she then gets pulled into a nearby hideout and she gets introduced by the League of Geniuses who hide in the dark but would flashlights because they're scared of the dark. Uh, Lisa's confused as she updates the honor roll daily and saw no other names but her own. But they they keep their genius a secret. They, they've used science to become good at sports and don't wear glasses even though they really need them. She's going to cut up like a kid in the cafeteria trying to grab lunch but grabs trash instead. And uh, Willie just walks up being like, that's not kid food. And he grabs the trash and she's like, start a student, feed a teacher. And just goes into the teacher's lunchroom with the trash. Uh, we see that they're, they're using this base as a force field against bullies. We see that the bullies are still like walking around looking for Lisa, but someone like turns on the TV and turns the volume all the way up, and it's like, up next, Wheel of Fortune! And then Dolph just goes, um, Wheel of Fortune, come on, we gotta get home! <laughs> he just run away. We then cut to the family eating dinner. Bart talks about how he discovered that wheelchair ramps are bitching places to skate on, and Lisa says she joined the club and Maggie has flowers and Brandine is just like in awe of what a like wholesome family they are and says she really needs to get back to her kids Moderna, AstraZeneca and the twins Johnson and Johnson she's getting ready for bed and have Simpsons talked about Covid before? Um, actually I don't know if they have I actually can't think of any instance I was actually thinking even today I was thinking about there hasn't really been any mention of it since. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. It I guess seems this like is like something they might do. This is the first reference. Yeah, I, I guess you have to consider the animation takes so long to do that maybe we're only getting to the point now 
yeah. like these episodes were coming out that but they were animated at the time the COVID was happening because obviously they kept working at, at at home and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who to it. I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I think this might be the first kind of reference to COVID. Yeah, we didn't cut to, to like Marge and Homer getting ready for bed. Mar- Marge says to Homer to he needs to talk to Cletus, and he's like, "Anything for you, my dear." And he goes to turn the light switch off, but it already is off because it's not working. And Marge is like, "Do you ever think I could have done better?" Not that I, not that I think that, but people say it. <laughs> and then we go into Homer's head, and it's like Marge and Homer on their wedding day, and Selma shouts like, "She could do better!" And Lovejoy doing the sermon says, "She could do better." And we cut to like. Like a younger Homer with a baby Bart, and <laughs> the baby Bart just goes, "She could do better." And Homer puts his mouth, his his mouth over Bart, being like, "Shh, before she hears you." I go back out to the present. Uh, Homer promises that he's good enough, and he even fixed the blinds for her. He 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 always put the blinds down, but it and the curtains fall down, and uh, Marge is asking to put a blanket over it so she can get to sleep. And Homer goes, oh, look, a shooting star. We see a shooting star in, in the sky. And Marge just goes, that's the water heater. <laughs> Homer just screams. <laughs> Great weird little gag. Homer, being cut to Homer at Cleus' house, he tells Cleus uh, that broken marriages are contagious. But Cleus informs him that this isn't his problem. He takes Homer to a hillbilly museum <laughs> where he asks Homer to see him not just as not as a man and not just as a hick and to realize that he's a human being too with feelings and Homer's like really touched by this and gives him a hug and just like little things that you see in the museum as this conversation is happening is there's like a mullets through history exhibit and my favorite bit is just hillbillies in media and we see statues of Yosemite Sam, Foghorn Leghorn, Colonel Sanders, Hank Hill and Bill Clinton. (laughs) Great little bit. To Aunt Leclerc says he wants to honor his ancestors and his forebears who may have actually been forebears, and that like accepting someone who knows how to read and write <laughs> wouldn't help that. And uh, Homer feels sad, and Cleese informs him that there's no feeling that doesn't have its own country song. <laughs> he takes out a bunch of CDs, and one says, "I'm worried about your marriage, but my marriage is fine." And he's like, Ooh, "That's not quite right." <laughs> he takes another one that says, "I'm worried about your marriage. I'm worried about my marriage." And like, oh, perfect! And it, it's very true. <laughs> like, country music, there is literally something about anything to do with love and marriage. Really, there's like really specific songs yeah, about guess, yeah. certain situations. Yeah, are you a fan of country music? No, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. You're familiar with the culture. I'm not one of those people that like refuses to listen to it and hates it no if, me if neither it's on, i'm not gonna be like oh what is this yeah, sometimes like, it, like it wouldn't be like i wouldn't be on spotify looking them up when i hear like on the radio or something i'm like this yeah, is kind of catchy sometimes it's it nice. suits it suits an atmosphere yeah exactly like country road is a good song i'm not afraid to admit that yeah. it's an enjoyable tune but yeah they, they're like sitting on um rocking chairs i was like please this house listening to a song great song it's like they're singing just to me Along to, I love this. The animation, just him singing along to, it was just really good. I don't know, it just kind of caught me. And uh, just Stan Castellan's vocals being amazing as always. Also, we didn't cut to Brandine putting her putting her hair back up because, like, when she was in The Simpsons, her hair was down. She was like embracing her intelligence more, but now she's going back to like being a hillbilly. Puts her hair back up and uh, decides to head home. Lisa comes in telling her that she joined this club and she's decided to start shielding her intellect. Brandine's like, um, oh, not you. You have too much to give. We didn't get a montage of her dancing with ghosts in the ballet, like saying goodbye to them. She says farewell to the Springfield Museum. They immediately put up a sign saying that they're closed due to no customers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she burns a scarf she was wearing in a manuscript of her intelligence and uh, deletes all her NPR podcast downloads. We didn't cut to the cafeteria. Skinner is trying to get the kids' attention, saying that um, all the items are misspelled and on the menu, that grand beans should be green beans, that tater tats should be tater tots, and uh, healthy should be not healthy. 
He then tells him to listen up as he is not bemused. And Lisa informs him that he's using this word wrong and that he means amused. And the the genie is asked, like, the, the, the League of Geniuses asked, like, what, what she thinks she's doing. is It's not like this is a magnet school. And Ralph's like, that's because I ate all the magnets. And he opens up his shirt and he just has, like, a knife, a fork, and a gun to attach to his stomach. <laughs> a gun that he probably took from his dad. And uh, But then Lisa stands up and declares herself a smart kiss. It, and, and all the other kids declare themselves as Smarticus as well. And Milhouse stands up and says, uh, I'm also Smarticus. Well, perfect attendicus. <laughs> no one's paying attention to him. He's like, sitting down, because. <laughs> that was my favourite bit of the episode. Really? <laughs> that was really funny. He, he has a habit of just like <laughs> popping up in episodes he's not in and just. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, Milhouse is such a great character. Like in, um... I just love his self-deprecation. Yeah, <laughs> it's so great. I like love that he just has this moment of like hope, and then he's like, ah. Yeah, yeah. It's like he thinks he's gonna make a real human connection. That's 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 often the bit. He thinks he's making a real human connection. It's like, oh wait, no, I failed. It's like the bit in Lisa's belly when they're in the water park, and he yeah. comes up to Maggie, being like, ha, uh, oh, diapers. I remember those. I can tell you some stories. <laughs> <laughs> like Maggie rejects him. Yeah. He gets rejected by a one-year-old baby. Like that's how pathetic this man is. And then Skinner says that they have to listen to him as he's wearing a V-neck tie. But he realizes that he's lost all of them. And he announces a half day. And the bullies are like, "That's still too much." And he's like, "No day then." And then they just get the classic, "Yay!" for all the kids. And we see Dolph has like a gigantic bag that says "lunch money," and he's like, "Who wants their lunch money back?" And then again, a great Millhouse quote. He just goes, "I don't. It's fish stick day." <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. The Brandine's in the light. Comes home and she's delighted to see the kids again. I just see that uh, some of them have grown. <laughs> just some of them. They. They tell they, they tell her that like dad is gone signing some government papers and she's like <gasps> and she thinks that he's like you know getting like divorce papers, but he comes back and see that he got a library card and his first book it's Green Eggs and Ham it's like oh, it's gonna be toughy, <laughs> and he's like oh we'll get through it together and they kiss. I mean, come, come back to Barrage and Homer in the house. My favorite scene in the episode, not, not, the, not the funniest bit of the episode, my like just the, the most well written bit yeah. is uh, Marriage Returns Home. We see Homer has fitted the blinds and the curtains and the light switch. He, he's, he's fixed them all. And he's, he also got he also uh, emptied the lint trap in the washing machine. He shows it to her. We see the cat is stuck inside it. Yeah. <laughs> Marge is like, oh, you're going to you're gonna have to do better than that. But then Homer says that he'll try every day. But she is too good for him. And he can't do better. But So he'll try every day to do his best to prove that he does deserve her. And he's like, I love you, Marge. And just have a little hug. Just a nice, sweet little moment. And he goes, I also hired Elton John to sing for you once again. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that wasn't necessary. There's like a silhouette outside the house because the, the curtain's blocking it. And it looks like Elton John's outside. He <laughs> cut to. And because The Simpsons, you wouldn't have been surprised if it actually was Elton John. But it cuts to outside. It's just letting the sky is Elton John. <laughs> I mean, I would be surprised because he's a dick. But he's been in the show before. He never went. Uh, great episode in, I think, the 12th season. One of my favorites right, of the whole yeah. show. As in, I don't think he'd do it now. Is he a dick? He's too much of a dick. I haven't heard anything about him. Arsehole. Really? Yeah, yeah. Jeez, have you met him? Do you know him personally? <laughs> no, I've had so many stories about him. He's, he's, he's like James, like an older version of James Corden. James Corden, really? He just give treats me... people like shit. Jeez, give me an example. Like... Because he's had fame his whole life, I guess. He's sure. He's so used to treating people like shit. Jesus, yeah, because pe- pe- people worship him. Like, yeah. Can you think of any like re- specific examples? I'll, I won't get into it now. But... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you say it as if, like... He, he might He might be listening. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure John's listening to plenty of Simpsons podcasts. <laughs> it is an episode, He was our biggest fan. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you never know. Maybe he's listening to it in secret. This is an episode, though, for people haven't seen it. It's in the 12th season. It's called I'm with Cupid. And he has a little bit in an episode. That's great. Homer, like, puts him into a dog trap and makes him perform for marriage. But, um, great episode. But anyway, we see this actually Lenny in the sky is Elton John. But marriage is like, oh, that won't be necessary. And Lenny's like, You mean I learned 226 songs for nothing? I don't think they'll be needing you guys either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just see it's like Carol Barney and just one of the random barflies dressed up as the Beatles. They're all like, aww. And just the random barfly who never talks does a perfect drum solo. And <laughs> <Yeah>. then <laughs> get our final little tag. It's just like, Clea's book reviews. And he does a quick review of The, Gra- the Grapes of Rat, a book that d- details a wealthy lifestyle far beyond his reckoning. 
<laughs> the, the, the greatest writer is about a, a family in poverty. To him, it's a great life, a great wealthy lifestyle. He says it follows a family that commutes to California for a better life, and he recommends uh, National Lampoon Vacation is a much better version of this story. <laughs> He's like, y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> and also, that movie is available on Hillbilly Plus. <laughs> I love. I mean, I, I don't think we'll see it again, but I actually would love if we got like more episodes of the final little bit, which is a quick little book review from Cletus. <laughs> I thought that That'd was really cool, fun. Yeah. yeah, it's like a fun little um, quick sketch where the episode ends. But yeah, that concludes yeah. it. Um, you want me to start? Mm-hmm. So, As usual, yeah. Yeah, like this was nothing special. Definitely to be not. Honest. Um, this was. Not one of the worst of the season, but not near one of the best. It's very in the middle. Well, I guess it's in some ways unfortunate, but in some ways fortunate that we definitely started with the worst episode of the season. Yeah, like, yeah. no episode will get worse than Star of the Backstage. Very true. Every episode will look yeah. Oscar-worthy in comparison um, to Star of the Backstage. <laughs> but it's, like, in the middle. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I, I didn't dislike it. Yeah. I didn't like it. I probably wouldn't put it on again. No. Um, But... I have to give credit where credit's due. Yeah. They did a really good job of expanding on them characters. Yeah. Um, which we both love that they're doing that. I love Cletus. Um, yeah. So I don't love Brandine as much, but they're starting to give her a bit more to do, obviously. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. I do love Cletus. And that only so. really helped Cletus. Yeah. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. It's refreshing. Yeah. See something new, but mm. you still got the family involved. Mm. Um, Lisa's story... Weak, very weak. A little bit. It had For some. Me it had some yeah. good moments, but it, it's yeah. It didn't really hit. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed like the ending was just oh, she suddenly gained this bit of confidence, so yeah, decided to say yeah, I am a nerd. Okay, mm-hmm. back to normal. Yeah, you know, we didn't get enough of it. Things not being normal. Yeah, you know what I mean. If that bit felt very rushed. Yeah, massively. But the main plot was really good. Uh huh. Um. It wasn't overly funny. It had some funny moments. Yeah. Um, but the funny moments were often not ones that went with the story. It was like the, the you know... The, yeah, the like house. total non-sequiturs. Um, and the... Um, obviously the confession booth moment oh, as well. Yeah, my, my, my favourite bit. Like that. That's probably my favourite. The Millhouse bit you said as well. It's like that, Actually, again, yeah, unrelated. Two, yeah, so... But still fine. Um, yeah. Six, six out of ten. Six out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm Perfectly the same. In the middle. Yeah, I wouldn't say you didn't like the episode then. If you're giving it a six out of ten, six out six is like bang on average. Yeah, to me, you so. said you didn't like it. Um, you gave it like a five or something. Well, but I didn't not like it. Oh, okay, you okay, know, like, yeah, like you said, fine. it's yeah. fine. But you, I, yeah, I wouldn't throw it on again. No, uh, yeah, I gave it a six point five. I, 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 to be honest, I, I would put it lower than in the middle so far. I'd probably put it towards the end. Okay, personally, um. But it wasn't terrible. I I think Jenny the season has been pretty good. So like, this one isn't like I would say like when, when we were doing like season thirty one, this one probably would have been like in the middle for me if this came out in yeah. season thirty one. You know what I mean? But obviously, with there's the, been some standouts this season, so with, I'd put it towards the end. With the ratings, yeah. When we actually get to our like final season ranking, yeah. At the end, mm-hmm. the ratings are probably going to be different. But we don't rate them because the end. we just do the top three. Oh, you're, if if someone's really being a stickler and like seeing what ratings we gave and oh, but he put this episode for that episode, but he rated this one higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It's, but it's just <laughs> in the moment. That's what. I yeah, I, like I was. That's kind of why I don't like doing ratings because they're going to change. When I was on my way you know? here, I didn't even know what I ranked it. It's more just like on the spot, like uh, yeah, yeah, totally. I I, I never do a rating either. Just like. I feel like I, I, I gain a better idea of my feelings towards the episode from covering it in this much detail. Yeah. Rather than just when you're watching it and making notes, you know? But yeah, I, I give it a 6.5. I, I said it had a lot of good potential, but I felt like it just kind of trudged along the whole time. Never doing anything too, too substantial with either storylines. I said I never fully got why we were following Brandine. There was never a profound enough reason. Never got too deep into her being intelligent. By that, I mean, like, you know... It's just being like, oh, I started reading books and it made me smart. But it could have gotten deeper being like, oh, maybe she doesn't like the stereotype being a hillbilly. And maybe she feels like just so fatigued by just being home all day with the kids. And that yeah. made her start to go see ballets and reading more books and stuff like that. Escaping other worlds. I, I thought it could have gone deeper in that area as to why she was doing all this. Um, I said that the side story was f- pure filler that went nowhere. 
Um, I really didn't like the side story, personally, for me. If that was gone and they gave Brandine's story more time, that I think this would have been a really far better, better episode. Yeah. The, the, the side story had nothing to do with anything. Well, they, they kind of tried to do, make it a thing that Brandine and Lisa had a relationship and, and, and that was conflicting with Lisa wanting to be smart, but I didn't think that relationship that. was very clear. Yeah. And then the whole thing, the, the League of Genius thing, it was such a big concept to introduce. It came in way too late in the episode as well. It was like, we don't have any time for this, you know? And the, the, all we got that she had joined the society was her telling Brandine that she was shielding her intelligence. We, we should have gotten at least one scene of her pretending to be less smart. Like, what we should have done was that, that scene with Miss Hoover where she's, like, showing off about doing the, the show and tell about the Matilda effect. We should have had another scene where she's like pretending not to know anything and yeah. everyone's like so shook by how stupid she is but you didn't get any of that so it was like the the plot didn't make any sense i said the most effective part of the episode for me was marriage and homer's story which was inspired and well written i said there were some great hillbilly gags and uh lisa uh, uh, sorry some some great uh cletus moments like i thought like i agree with you yeah the, the gags were like i probably could have given like plot wise this episode probably would have been a five I bumped up at this point because there were some really, really good gags in the episode. But um, yeah, I, I said I thought I thought Marion Homer's bit was the best part of the episode, but that, that was a bit that was used the least. Yeah, I said Lisa's side story uh, could have been cut and easily could have been could could have, could have got written that to extend Brandine's story or make Homer and Marriage's story more substantial. Because yeah. I thought the whole thing of like free, free stories is a bit too much, way too much. And like considering like like I said, like this person didn't really like the Lisa story that that got so much more attention than Marriage and Homer's one did, which I thought was so much more interesting. Like Marriage starting to feel like maybe she was too good for Homer. That was a cool little plot line to introduce us to, and all we got was two scenes of it you know like that's a really big thing to introduce to not really do anything with you know but yeah i i absolutely did not hate this episode but like 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 i like you said it's just not a preference i couldn't see myself going for it again yeah. i i thought it did a lot it introduced a lot of cool things but didn't go as far as it could have with all of these cool things yeah you know what i mean yeah uh yeah jumping into the news Pre-recorded from London City, it's a very bad impression of Kent Brockman letting you know it's time for Simpsons News. Uh, literally just two pieces of news this week. Uh, season 33, officially, uh, feels like for ages, it's been taking ages. Season 33, the season we're currently reviewing, will officially start streaming on Disney Plus on the 2nd of November. So that's very, very soon. That's exciting. And, uh... Uh, a recent episode in the second piece of news, a recent episode in the current season, the 34th season, called Lisa the Boy Scout, has received some of the most sharply polarizing reviews wow. from critics of the show to date. So literally, ratings ranging from like a 10 out of 10 to a 1 out of 10. So Tony Sullicle of Den of Geek rated the episode a 5 out of 5 stars, calling it a classic episode, and adding that the episode puts its subversion up front. Sorry, just to give context, Lisa the Boy Scout is the episode I spoke about recently that's, like, going to take on, like, all the theories that people have the show. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's going to really, like, break the fourth wall with them. So this, this is that episode. So this guy gave it a 5 out of 5, called it a classic episode, and that it puts the subversion up front, pulling the rug out of and allowing viewers a chance to see the old series as a new viewing experience. It then throws in relentless jokes, concludes every clip, and holds nothing sacred, especially itself. That, that being the show. So like, this guy gave it a perfect review. Yeah. So then, then, contractually, Marcus Gibson of Bubble Blabber gave the episode a 2 out of 10, deeming the premise a tiring fourth wall-breaking joke that wore out its welcome after the first few minutes, concluding that the overall experience is one of the most disappointing things that happened to The Simpsons. So, I mean, just those contrasting reviews just make it... This is making me think I'm going to hate it and you're going to love it. You never know. I (laughs) I feel like... I think we could both like, I mean, I don't know, we'll see. But I guess you don't like when the show does anything too different. This is definitely going to be (laughs) super different. It's going to take on all the theories... I mean, I've seen I've seen some yeah. pictures. I'm very excited to the episode. It's going to take on all like the big theories surrounding the show and bitches poke fun at itself along the way. And so I think it sounds like a fresh, really different episode. Uh, look, I haven't seen it, yet, so I, I can't speak for it, what what how I end up feeling about it. But I'm definitely intrigued to get into it for sure. But yeah, moving on to Seb's classics. Yes. This week mm-hmm. I'm for season eleven. Yes. Grift of the Magi. Yes, Magi. pretty sure it was episode nine. And honestly, I I love this episode. Honestly, 
one of the best of the season in my opinion season 11 this is was a pleasant surprise yeah it's very fun season 11 is a strong strong season great but, underrated season uh, yeah I absolutely agree. underrated but season this episode is looking back on it now it's probably one of my favourites it's so fun it's yeah. actually g- genuinely laugh out loud yeah it is gag after gag which I love absolutely <laughs> um the, the, there's some really dark jokes in there as well about like disabilities. <laughs> oh yeah, um, the usual Mo wanting to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get into all that. Yeah, as he at the episode, Barrett injures his butt as he falls on top of Homer's bowling ball, and so they have to get like wheelchair ramps put into the school. And Christmas Kids introducing it. He's like, let me introduce the first of hopefully many disabled students, yeah. Barrett Simpson. <laughs> I, obviously I went for uh, this is technically a Christmas episode but it isn't really weird like yeah because we're close to Halloween only towards the end towards I guess, the I guess end Christmas. it does but yeah. a lot of the episode doesn't really feel like Christmas no no it doesn't um, but and then obviously we've got um, what's his name the guest star Gary Coleman yeah an old sitcom star who's unfortunately passed away now but most people would know him from different strokes yeah who has a ridiculous so funny ridiculous guest appearance in this episode so basically this organisation takes over the school because it, it, it becomes bankrupt and the, the school is just using kids as test audiences to, for, to make a, a, a big new toy and basically Gary Goldman is the security guard of this organisation <laughs> it's such weird bits like Lisa and Bard sneak into the organisation like how do you get through here it's like let's just say Gary Coleman isn't the full shilling <laughs> and Lizzie Nagel goes to fire him and she's like what are you talking about Nagel <laughs> and she's like oh okay you're rehired and she walks away and he's like I knew exactly what she was talking about and he goes back to the security place he just immediately falls asleep just, uh, it's such a weird and, guest appearance but I love it they've made this toy Funzo and Funzo's fantastic it sort of looks like Kirby Oh yeah, I didn't a, even a think bit like, about like that. Kirby, yeah, but it just has all these. You mean Furbies? Kirby is like sorry, the, Furby, not the Kirby. Nintendo character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry, Furbies. Furbies. And I feel this probably would have been around the time that those toys blew up. Yeah, so it's probably a commentary similar. on that. Yeah, except they just have everything, and they're very like <laughs> smart. The toy can do everything. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's taking over. It's like a very classic plot line. Yeah, I love how self-aware they are of that totally and like i think homer does like probably my the it might so be the funny. funniest bit at the end where it's like just a classic christmas film moment where they're like <laughs> they realize the other person isn't spending christmas with anyone gary coleman done the whole story <laughs> yeah like, oh, oh what the hell yeah my, 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 my wife always makes too much turkey yeah. and all these sweet potatoes and <laughs> i was wondering if you'd like to maybe come spend christmas at ours and he's like oh no, I'm, I'm spending Christmas at George Clooney's house. And Lisa's like, Gary. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he spends Christmas with them. That's yeah. uh, such a funny ending. Yeah, in the end, like, Mr. Burns <laughs> gets visited by three ghosts, so he gives all of his money to the school. Oh, I love that, like, right at the end, they, like, sort of confirmed that they were playing on the stereotypes of the Christmas films. Yeah, all the, the plot lines are being wrapped yeah. up so quickly, yeah. And it's like, Mo was, like, going to kill himself, but he had an epiphany and... Instead of heating himself, he heated a turkey for the family. Yeah. <laughs> and right. to be honest, like, every now and then I've got to be a bit bold with my ratings. Yeah. And this, I actually think this is an incredibly underrated episode. I agree. 9.5. 9.5, wow. I'd, I'd probably give it a 9. I really, really love it as well. I guess not as much as you, but I, I'd give it a 9. I think, yeah, it's really good. Super underrated. So there's something kind of special when you find episodes that you really like that aren't like fan favorites because yeah. you kind of feel i don't know some sort of ownership over liking them it's like i love mr plow you, you always get but so yeah. does everyone else you always you get know? these lists and it's like the most underrated simpsons episodes and mm-hmm. stuff this is what even i those would like, lists. put on a, a list even like those that. lists i don't feel this episode i've ever seen this episode pop up in it like it's it's definitely underrated my favorite of the whole episode the first half of the episode well like the first five minutes barely has anything to do with the plot <laughs> yeah. I kind of love that I think that kind of happens a lot in like kind of maybe like the, between like 9 to 14 something like that but they, they somehow make it work I love it they yeah because it, it it, it's, it's just it's just okay here's five minutes just gags and yeah. then we'll get into an actual plot it's, I love that yeah. yeah but yeah it's like they, they lose the funding because Principal Skinner needs to put all these w- wheelchair ramps for Barrett and Fat Tony like offers him a deal he just like comes out of like a really skinny tree like 
oh, did I hear someone has some money troubles? <laughs> It's, it's, it's like and he doesn't even give him the option he just does it he's immediately the, the contractors are there already putting in the realtor arms and he's like where do these people come from <laughs> my favourite the whole episode is they lose all that money because he has to pay back Tony $200,000 so they go to Mr. Burns' house to try and convince him to fund the school and they're doing a play for him <laughs> Mr. Mr. Burns is just captivating. He's so into it like he's watching a panto or something yeah <laughs> it's, it's like Oh, um, Nelson, like, doesn't does know the difference between rat poison and salt because he can't read. And he's like a chef and he puts in the rat poison. And Mr. Burns like, don't do it, that's the rat poison. And <laughs> then Bass, the ambulance driver, he's like, oh, I can't take Mr. Burns to hospital because I can't read. <laughs> and he gets to the hospital. It's, it's like a fake, like, doll of Mr. Burns. And Ralph's the doctor. And he's like, hi, I'm Dr. Stupid. I'm going to help you. And he just, like, saws his face off. And my favorite, like, the whole episode is Mr. Burns just goes, I never liked that Dr. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they conclude the play and Mr. Skinner is like okay I do have to confess that uh, th- 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 this was all set up to deceive you and Mr. Burns is like wait what <laughs> tell him about like the thing to fund the school and he's like oh a charitable donation that sounds great and he's pressing a button for trapdoor and it just sends yeah. them all <laughs> off the stage and they come out like through the ceiling and Mr. Burns is like oh it's doing that again <laughs> There's that whole bit, like, you know, it ends up serving it's, nothing to the episode. Yeah. It's probably like a two, three minute scene. And it's just hilarious. It's so, good, so, yeah. so perfectly written. Yeah, yeah, it's, just, it's a super fun episode. And another bit, like the whole, like, classic Simpsons ending of, like, Homer and Christmas is, like, he's breaking into all the houses, stealing all the funzos beforehand. He's, he's into the car with the kids. And he's like, oh, finally, a chance to save Christmas. Because I ruined eight... Uh, saved three two were kind of in the middle <laughs> I, I think I, I don't know I, I wonder was was like the tallies he gave actual things that he did yeah. in previous Simpsons Christmas specials I, I hope so that that was actually exactly the right numbers um, yeah just super fun episode great guys throughout the little Christmas stuff even though you said it, it, it just randomly becomes a Christmas Christmas episode at the end I don't mind it because it just leads to more great no, gags no, like when they're caroling and he breaks into Dr. Hibbert's house and he like breaks the tree they don't hear it because they're so mesmerised by Barrett and Lisa's Christmas caroling and then he gets attacked by a dog and they don't hear that either <laughs> so good really creative yeah. stuff going on there. really creative just yeah. super fun episode yeah I love the, what they do with Fonzo as well yeah yeah great episode anyhow moving on to my impressions impressions uh, yes. impressiones <laughs> you can probably guess who the impression was this episode yeah, go on. No? It's always someone usually who has something important to do in the episode. Someone I haven't done yet. Cletus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, four t- quotes. One of them isn't actually Cletus. Guess which one. Alright. Uh, hello, operator. Give me the number for 911. Oh, we homeschool them. I teach the big ones and the big ones teach the little ones. I, I don't sign nothing without pretending to read it first. Hey, you're supposed to be in Iraq. Stop at 911. Third one. The third one yeah. being, I don't sign nothing without pretending to read it first. Now it was, uh, hello operator, give me the number for 911. I was going to say that one, but oh, I really? thought it was too obvious. I went <laughs> for the third one because I thought, well, Homer could say that. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. It's... Homer actually did say, hello operator, give me the number for 911. Right, okay. <laughs> well, Homer could have said the third one as well. Like, I don't sign nothing without pretending well, to read it. I nothing without pretending to read it first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, he probably could have said most of these. Hey, you're supposed to be in Iraq stopping 9-11. <laughs> you could hear all of those coming out of his mouth, to be fair. But yeah, moving on. Yeah, to Quivia. Hey, everyone's favourite. <laughs> everyone's favourite. <laughs> I, I, I don't know where we're getting that from. We say it every time, but apparently it's everyone's favourite. Um... But yeah, so two pieces of trivia, and then we'll jump into the quiz. So, number one, trivia number one. Several recurring characters are spoofs of former or current celebrities. Dredrick Tatum is Mike Tyson. Mayor Quimby is Ronald Kennedy. Miss Quimby is Jacqueline Kennedy. Judge Constance Harm is Judge Judy. And Rainier Wolfcastle is Aaron Schwarzenegger. Obviously, those are all obvious, but this piece of trivia I did, I didn't even realize. It's actually quite interesting. I found this on IMDb. Is that in the Simpsons movie, the president is Aaron Schwarzenegger. So they, they dropped the guise of Rainier Wolfcastle for, for that joke. So that makes Aaron Schwarzenegger the only celebrity on the show to have a parody character and their real-life counterpart in which yeah. in which he didn't voice either of them. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 I didn't quite click that. In the Simpsons movie, it's President Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's weird that they just didn't have yeah, it be yeah. Rainier Wolfcast. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is, and it's Schwarzenegger, but it is, it's the same character design, the same voice and everything. Like, Interesting. Isn't that so weird? Yeah, yeah I wonder. I, I guess because at the time, Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor of California, so yeah. it, it didn't seem too unrealistic that he would go on to become president. So they were just making a joke there. But um, yeah, weird choice. The second piece of trivia, again, kind of related to the based off celebrities thing, is Hank Azaria, one of the best voice actors on the show, said that he based several of his characters' voices off celebrities and people he has met. Among them was Chief Wiggins' voice is based on Edward G. Robinson, Lou's is based on Sylvester Stallone, Moe's on a young Al Pacino, and Combo Guy and Snakes on Hank Azaria's roommates in college. So, wow. Two things I found very interesting, yeah. I, 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 I hope those roommates know that their voices, that the voices of the comic book guys and snakes are based off of them. They must, those are specific voices that, like, they must know that they're, yeah. that they're characters, yeah. like. Yeah. So interesting. But yeah, moving on to the quiz, and then we'll do the recommendations of the week. So, number one, question number one, what year did the show debut? Um, 89. 89, nice, you got it. Nice. <laughs> Number two, what was Hans little helper before the family took him in? A racing dog. A racing dog, exactly. The Greyhound tracks. Number three, how many kids does Apu have? Twelve. One more guess. Seven. Eight. Oh! Damn. Number four, what's the name of Mr. Burns' teddy bear? Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Whenever you don't know the answer, it's annoying because it's one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> it's like pretty somewhere in the um, back of your head. No, I don't know. Teddy. Nah. Bobo. Bobo. <laughs> Number five. What's Nelson's surname? Mandela. Um, <laughs> Teddy, not a wrong I, answer. I don't know. Months. Months. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, number six. What did Homer save Spider Pig from in the Simpsons movie? Something was going to happen to him and he took him away and made him his pet. Um. Oh, he slaughter. Go for slaughter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Krusty was going to make him into yeah. a burger, more specifically. But yeah, I'll, 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 I'll allow that. Seven. Which member of the Simpsons family does Nancy Cartwright voice? I'm going to give you one guess here. Lisa. Bars. Bop brown. Give me one guess because which member of the family? Yeah. Lisa? Oh, uh, Maggie? Uh, Barrett? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Homer. No. Yeah, you say every member before Barrett. Surely at least half a point. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Number eight. How old is Lisa? Um, eight. Yeah. Yes. She is eight. I intentionally made that question number eight. <laughs> there you I go. didn't realize. Yeah, nice. Um, I bet you were hoping I'd be like, wait, that was question eight, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, we did it, actually. That's why I felt I need to say it myself. <laughs> Number nine. How did Maud Flanders die? Hmm? How did Maud Flanders die? I don't know. A t-shirt cannon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Number ten. What was the name of Homer's Barry Shop Quartet? Oh, every single time. <laughs> um, to be sharp. Hey, yes. you did it. Nice. <laughs> You still haven't topped your your uh, record of six, but you've gotten the best score you've gotten in a while. You got five okay. out of ten. Halfway, so yeah. yeah, you're not too bad, not too bad. And yeah, we're wrapping it up with our recommendation of the week. So, hey, do you want to go first? Yeah, ladies okay. first. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, he's trashy. Um, I'm gonna go for. Yes. Um, a YouTube channel which oh, cool. you know very well yeah oh absolutely you don't even know what I'm going to say Cody Co? yeah 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 <laughs> I'm going to say Cody Co. I mean I'm sure I don't know how many people listen but I'm sure at least a few people know yeah they're massive Cody Co. he's yeah. a big YouTuber but if you don't check him out but mm-hmm. not just check him out in particular check out his videos with another YouTuber called Noel Miller so funny Um, them two together they have a series called That's Cringe. Yeah. Uh, and it's just one of the most hilarious YouTube videos I've ever seen. It's I, fantastic. I genuinely, I've said this before, I don't often laugh out loud on my own. Mm. I've laughed out loud on my own with these videos. They yeah. are incredibly funny. They're very, very um, 
just good at pointing out ridiculous things that you don't pick <laughs> yeah. up on. They're so witty. Um, very witty guys. Mm. So, yeah, that's my recommendation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the critical are fantastic. I do find myself often, like, if nothing's happening in work, I'll throw on YouTube because I'd, I'd rather something more mind-numbing when I'm at work rather than, like, watching a, a TV show or a movie. So I'll throw on, like, Cody Co sometimes because they're, like, they're long videos, but they're just so funny. It's, it's a perfect thing to watch while you're bored at work. Like, uh, like, one of the best ones, we watched a bunch together as well, me and Sebastian, one of the best ones is the freaking, that guy who's like, he's a musician, he's taunting a fan. Oh, and, um, Sugar Ray, the guy from Sugar Ray. Yeah. Mark, Mark McGrath, I think his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, someone calls him Sugar Gay, I guess. Yeah. And he just keeps going, don't you dare call me Sugar Gay. He gets more gay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like insults. Yeah, he says something like, oh, oh, he says I'm going to prison rape you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And then he goes, um, I'm going to tweeze your nipples. Yeah, it's like, your whole point is you're trying to sh make it clear that you're not gay, but you're saying very gay yeah. things to this man. He was obviously very drunk. Uh, he was off his head, the best yeah. Thing is when he starts so doing funny. that dance. He starts doing like a dance, it's fingers. just cringe after cringe after cringe. It's just the way they respond to it, they they, they build it all so up so yeah. much with their reactions. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a great series, just so funny. You just want to have just a pure laugh, just good fun. I yeah, I also would highly recommend those videos. But my recommendation of the week, I would be absolutely remiss if my recommendation was not the band she's been sharing. So yeah, I had an old lady come in at work asking if you were showing it. Yeah, yeah, because um, not many places in central London are showing it. Yeah. Um, and I, I looked at it online, and the reviews are insane. Sensational, yeah. yeah, and it deserves it. It's so I'm, I'm, I want to see it. I'm intrigued. Oh, please do, yeah. I mean, the reason why I say I'd be remiss is just because, I mean, the film is set in Ireland, and it's rare the movie set in Ireland, that is it's such an Irish movie, would get such a wide release. So that made me very happy. The movie did actually feel like a piece of home as well, in a nice way, even though it does get exceptionally dark towards the end as all Mark McDonough's movies do mm -hmm. but yeah it's written directed by Mark McDonough who's just an incredible writer director yeah. also an amazing playwright and this movie is a bit more like his plays than it's like his previous movies like his previous movies are very broad plots like in Bruges and Seven Psychopaths and Three Billboards whereas mm -hmm. his plays are always like very grounded very Irish plays and that's what this movie this movie could be a play uh, Colin Farrell Brian Gleeson absolutely spectacular but in the parish you feel so bad for Colin Farrell and the whole plot is just Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell are two friends living in this quiet village together and they go to a pub together every night but one day Brendan Gleeson just decides he doesn't want to be Colin Farrell's friend anymore and Colin Farrell's trying to figure out why there's no reason he just doesn't want to be his friend it's just a very simple plot like that but it, it, it gets darker and yeah, goes yeah. further as it goes on it's so good and often so the good. best films are really simple plots but they expand on yeah. the simplicity of that exactly Kelly Condon, brilliant Irish actress, plays Colin Farrell's uh, sister in it. She's amazing and she's so heartbreaking. And uh, do you remember Mike's daughter in Breaking Bad? Mm -hmm. She's in she's in uh, Better Call Saul a lot, a lot more substantially, but she's in yeah, Breaking Bad yeah. a fair bit as well. I didn't realize that's her. She's an Irish actress. Right. She has a really thick Irish accent. She's so Irish. She's from, she's from Thurls. So Irish. I was blown away because the whole movie I'm watching her being like I recognise her I look at her, her character as well as Nine Light the character in, in Breaking Bad Bear Cold Soul and I'm like oh my god that was Mike's daughter yeah. insane amazing actress I really, I really want to see this now great movie Barry Keoghan as well I mean he's spectacular I saw a great review on Letterboxd a five star review and it just says brilliant addition to the Barry Keoghan playing a freak movie <laughs> a cinematic universe <laughs> he's brilliant in it but he's also like he, he is a weird one but his arc is also so heartbreaking he's so like I love Barry Keoghan he seems like some guy who I wouldn't have been friends with him if I went to school with him but we would have gotten along <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. that kind of way but I never would have gotten too close because he would have scared me <laughs> he's one of those people he, he's in it as well He's yeah he is he's brilliant yeah, in it yeah yeah, he's amazing. Like he's just getting better, better. He's just getting better and better. He's, yeah, even I realized that him and uh, Colin Farrell have a lot of scenes together. Who obviously were also fantastic together in Killing of a Sacred oh, Deer. Amazing film. Fantastic movie. Yeah. That was my introduction to Barry Keoghan. The more introduction, um, he's so good in this. Same actually. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. But I also was watching together. And I realized, holy shit, because they're both playing very Irish men. That and I was like, holy shit, that's the Penguin and the Joker. They're both... At the end of the day, yeah. You know, they're just yeah. such good actors. Like, yeah. But yeah, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. For me, it's a 10 out of 10 movie. It's, it's going to be my top three favorite movies of the year, without a doubt. 
just masterfully written, spectacular performances. It's heartbreaking. Rotten Tomatoes referred to it as a feel-bad movie. The feel-bad movie of the year. And that is on the money. Because it's not one bit feel-good. It's so bleak as I mean, McDonald's films always are. literally my taste in film right here really yeah I'm really like so excited to watch this. I hope I'm not going to dis- I, hope, I hope you're not going to end up being disappointed because of me setting up so much but honestly I think it's so good I, I'd be surprised if you where did you see it were disappointed I saw Islington best place to see nice. a grounded indie movie like this it's just a good cinema yeah anyone lives in London Odeon Islington gorgeous cinema you have to be over 13 to go in there so that's even better there's never any kids running around oh. great cinema <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah I guess that kind of wraps it all up doesn't it yeah fun yeah. podcast it's been a pleasure yeah got a bit of Pretty Wood Liar a little bit of Grip of the Magi a bit of Cody Co and a bit of Banshees some fun stuff I don't know why I started doing this <laughs> I don't want to say to that I'm like a quiz show announcer or something but uh, yeah thank you guys thank you guys for, as always uh, for listening <laughs> what was we, that we did uh we did tie up like the whole American accent thing, didn't we? We explained it. You remember like a few podcasts? Right, I sound like a redneck. No, no, where I was like American for like most of the podcast. Yeah, we mentioned it in the very next okay. podcast because you introduced that podcast doing the voice again. And I was like, this isn't happening again. <laughs> yeah, because in that podcast we were like super tired. And because oh, yeah. we were like together all day, I was helping you move and stuff. And we just. We got so giddy of the idea of you speaking in an American accent for half of it and then suddenly just going back to your English accent without explaining it. <laughs> I listened to that podcast recently. It's just so jarring, but in the best way. But yeah, maybe we'll do something weird like that again someday. Who knows? Sayonara. Sayonara, guys. See you soon. Bon voyage. <laughs>